All right, girls, don't get too comfortable because the message is going to be about 10 minutes and I'm going to have you come and sing again during the invitation. Turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 28. I have to tell you, my heart is so full right now from youth conference, from everything that God has done over the last couple of weeks. It's crazy. Yesterday morning, because of the story that Brother Zach told you, and I'll, I'll give a few more details of it in a second, with the, uh, with the van, um, Joe and I got about four hours sleep after we haven't slept all week, and uh, four hours sleep, and we had to get the one van down to LaGuardia yesterday morning, so we got to bed at 3.30, got up at 7.30, and spent all day yesterday driving, um, and uh, to just to fix, along with a bunch of other people, I'll mention all of them when I tell the story. It sounded like more than 10 minutes, isn't it? Um, and then I got to bed last night. I don't know what time it was, 11 o'clock. And woke up at about 2 and I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I'm going, God, I haven't slept in about two weeks. How could I not sleep? And uh, for about two hours I couldn't sleep. And I just talked to the Lord about this message right now. It's going to be a very short message. Um, I hope like anything this morning that you don't think, oh, pastor, pastor's, uh, he's, he's mean. Uh, I'm angry. I am angry. I'm angry because the whole world, the whole world is letting kids like these just rot. while they have their fun and make their money. And here's the sick part. Christians are the worst offenders. So hear it it in the right context this morning. And, you know, I preached a few weeks ago from John 6 about Jesus said some things that he knew some of the crowd needed to be offended. They needed to leave. I'm not trying to get anybody to leave this morning, but if you get offended by what I'm going to say, you probably need to be offended. And if you get encouraged and motivated by what I say this morning, your heart's probably with the Lord. Let's jump in here. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, I'm going to ask you to turn. I'm going to ask everybody on this side to turn to uh, Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to ask everybody on this side to turn to to, uh, Proverbs chapter 18. So Matthew 16 over here, Proverbs 18 over here. You can find those. I'll pray. We'll jump right into the message. Father, I need, I need this morning the gift of brevity. I don't ever like to get folks out later than they expected when they came. You know, I pray that you give me the gift of brevity, but help me not to miss a thing. But most importantly, I need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to take your word and put it deep in our hearts today. Lord, I pray that we as a church would build a support team for these young people, some who this very week got their feet wet with God. This was their first real intense experience with God, and we've got to be there for them. We have got to back them up. Help us to get it, please, I pray. Bless your word in Christ's name. Amen. We all know that Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is called the what? The great commission. Okay, 
But that phrase is not in the Bible. It doesn't say, all right, here's the Great Commission. So I want to give you another phrase right now that we use all the time that's also not in the Bible, and I want to assign that to this very same passage, and that is the cause of Christ. Say that with me. Ready? The cause of Christ. You say, what is the cause of Christ? You just read it. The cause of Christ is to spread the gospel, lead people to Jesus Christ, baptize new believers, help them grow in their faith. By the way, that's, the, that's what Jesus introduced to the world. Jesus created the institution called the church. And any church that, had, any church that does not practice spreading the gospel, leading people to Jesus, baptizing new believers and helping them to grow in their faith, shouldn't have church on their sign outside. Call yourself, call yourself club, but don't call yourself church because the founder of the church said, this is my cause. This is what they're supposed to be doing. That is what God is doing in this world right now, spreading the gospel, leading people to Jesus, baptizing new believers, helping them to grow in their faith. What God is doing in this world right now is not making us happy. I'm sorry, Joel Olstein and Mrs. Olstein. That is not what God is doing in this world, making believers happy. What God is doing in this world is not pleasure and fun and prosperity. It's spreading the gospel, leading people to Jesus, baptizing new believers, helping them to grow in their, in their faith. And by the way, the happiest you will ever be is to get involved in the cause of Christ. You want happiness? Go after what God's going after. Now, you're in Matthew 16. I'm going to ask you to read with me in unison, verse 24. And as they read, I'm going to ask you to listen. And then when they're done, you're in Proverbs 18. I'm going to ask you to read verse 1 with me as you listen. And what I want you to listen for and watch for, whether you're reading or listening, is this. How similar these two verses are in principle and what they're telling us. All right, first, let's, hey, let's start over here. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, verse number 1. You listen as we read Proverbs 18, 1. Ready? Through desire, a man... Having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. All right? Now, you listen while we read. Matthew 16, 24. Ready? Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I suggest to you, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, that both of these are discipleship verses. And if I were to take the time, I think I could show you how they're both saying essentially the same thing. They're both saying, even though Christ had not been born yet in Proverbs 18, it's wisdom. And if you compare Proverbs chapter 8 with John chapter 1, you will see wisdom is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of wisdom. Proverbs 18.1 is talking about giving yourself to wisdom. Matthew 16 is talking about giving yourself to the cause of Christ. These are both discipleship verses. They are extremely similar. And as we talk about the cause of Christ, I want to say this. Based upon Proverbs 18.1 says, through desire. What makes you separate yourself to the cause of Christ is the desire or a heart. For the cause of Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 16, if any man will come after me. In the Bible, when it talks about the will, it's talking about the desire. 
If any man will, just as through desire, if any man will, same thing, a heart, a desire to be a part of the cause of Christ. Every believer ought to have a heart for the cause of Christ. Every believer ought to have a heart for the cause of Christ. I'm not saying this repeatedly so that you will gradually amen it more and more. I'm saying this repeatedly so you'll hear it and think about it. Every believer ought to have a heart for the cause of Christ. Every believer ought to have a heart for the cause of Christ. Last time, I promise. Every believer ought to have a heart through desire. If any, any man will come after me, a heart, a desire, every believer ought to have a heart for the cause of Christ. Now listen carefully. 21st century Christians in America are going to have a lot to answer for when they stand before Jesus Christ. We're going to answer the fact that all over the city of Danbury, there are buildings that are church buildings that were built by Christians and their sacrifice for the last 100 years that have classrooms this morning that sat completely empty. While we took pieces of plywood and put wheels on them downstairs so we can section off a room and put some kids in a corner so they can have their own Sunday school class. And buildings in this town, in this town, buildings with classrooms sacrificed and built by Christians sat empty because churches don't care. 21st century Christians in America are going to have a lot to answer for when they stand before God. Because we don't have a heart for the cause of Christ. How many boats were on that lake this morning with Christians, so-called Christians on those boats who skipped church on their $100,000 yacht while we had people sit home this morning because we have three vehicles on the property that are broke down. We had to rig one of them to get going. While Christians who did this prosperity thing, God's just here to make me happy. That don't do a thing to reach people for Jesus Christ. We are going to have a lot to answer for when we stand before God. That men, women, boys and girls who wanted to come to the church this morning could not. Because we're content. Listen, I'm talking to me too. I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm picking on all of us. Listen to me. We all drive late model cars. My car is six years old, but that's still newer than all three of our church vehicles. We got a 1995 out there. We got a 2004 and a 2005, and we're all okay with that. And if I tried to raise the money for a brand new church bus, $80,000, $100,000, There'd be people that would hit the roof. Why? God can't have a new vehicle. Oh, I have to have one. But God can't have one. I'm, this is not a fundraising message. This is a where's our heart message. 
read the book of Haggai, my Sunday school class, I checked it out before. It's Haggai. Read Haggai chapter 1. God said, I brought you home from captivity to build my house. And all of a sudden, you've decided, and read it, Haggai 1, he says, you've decided, oh, I guess, I guess it's not time to build God's house because it's just too hard. Too many obstacles, too many challenges. We don't have the money. Nothing's working out right. So I guess it's not time to build God's house. But the prophet said, uh, but your houses are doing pretty good. Your building projects are looking pretty good. Read it for yourself. I didn't make it up. Haggai 1. It's a funny thing. He said, it's not time to build God's house, but it's time to build your house. And you wouldn't even be out of captivity if I hadn't brought you back to build God's house. I was coming across 84 yesterday for about the 10th time in three days. And not too far from your exit, Brother Corky, I noticed a brand new building off to my, brand new spanking new building off to my right coming east. Beautiful state-of-the-art building. It's a mosque. Oh, stinking Muslims. Yeah, shame on. I mean, they give more for their fake God. Than we do Jehovah God. I'm not trying to raise money this morning. I probably should be, but I'm not. Things are breaking around here faster than we can fix them. We don't have the money to fix them. Beginning with that screen behind me. Now it won't go down. It won't stay down. It won't go up. Next time you come, if I need it, it's going to be held down with a bungee cord. We just don't have the money to replace it right now. The van needs an alternate. It's running on a battery. We're charging a battery right now to back up the battery that we had to buy because it broke down on the road. Needs an alternator. We finally got the yellow bus going. Now we need a steering box for the white bus, and we're going to run both buses. We're not replacing the old bus. We're, we're, we're having two routes. But now the steering column went on a 1995 International. We're going to have to try to figure out where to get that and have no idea how we're going to pay for it. Well, my car's running. I'm saying we're okay with that. We're okay with God having the junk. It's not about raising money this morning. This is about, where's our heart? Where's our heart? Is your heart in the cause of Christ? Is your heart in the cause of Christ? So, Friday night, we're coming. Everything's great. Mechanically, it's fine. I've got a rental van. Zach's driving the church van. We come to our last stop. When you go, when you make this trip with me, we're going to stop at the same places every time. And uh, so our last stop is in Buckhorn, Pennsylvania. It's as hick as it sounds. We get off, we go to the gas pump. We had some trouble with the battery earlier, but we just thought it was a battery issue. But now Brother Zach says, no, it's, everything's dead. Even while we were driving, you know, while you drive, even if the battery's weak, the alternator keeps everything going. But nothing's working. Nothing, no, so he's turning off everything. It wasn't dark enough for the headlights, so that was good. We stopped at Buckhorn, and it was just totally dead. So, I mean, we still haven't officially analyzed it. But we're pretty sure it's the alternator. So we're, th- we're three hours from home still. 
7.30 at night, we're, we're still thinking we could make 10.30. We, we would have, 10.30. There's, there's no auto parts store around there. There's no rental car places around there. And uh, long story short, the nearest rental car places are at the Scranton Airport, 90, no, uh, 40 minutes away. And so we, the guys are in the van that runs, so that we asked the guys to stay there with, with my wife and brother Freddie and, and Joe, just stay here. We asked the gas station guy, can our van stay here? Can they hang out here? The girls got in the other van. We drove, and, and me and, and brother Zach, Miss Catherine, we drove to the Scranton Airport and uh, rented two cars. They didn't have any vans. Rented two cars, drove 40 minutes back, Loaded up, and so now we got a convoy of a van and two cars. And here's why I'm pointing that out. First reason is because, you know what the teenagers did? I wasn't with the guys. You know, you know what the girls did the whole way there and the whole way back? They sang. It's all good. We're not going to get home till 2 o'clock now. I want to be in 2.30. It's all good. These guys, not a single complaint. We came back. We mixed it up with guys and girls just for various reasons. That's just the way it worked out. And everybody was fine. Nobody, 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 I didn't hear one complaint. I cussed a little bit, but nobody else. Nobody else. No griping, no complaining. Everybody, hey, this is fine. Things happen. Say, well, no big deal. Yeah? What group of 24 adults could we get together that wouldn't complain one time? I'm just saying, there's something fresh and real in their hearts. Now let's have some, as, as we say, as they say in their volleyball games out here, somebody invented the phrase, it's a big boy game now. <laughs> I'm saying to you, it's, it's, it's a grown-up game now. Let's give them a support team that has a heart for the cause of Christ. How do you get a call, heart for the cause of Christ? Matthew 6.21 tells us, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The number one thing that our teenagers need going forward right now is prayer. And I mean real prayer, not just, yeah, I'll pray for you, and you forget about it. I mean prayer. I mean getting on your knees and say, oh, God. Maybe you want to ask Brother Zach for a list of all the teenagers that went this week. And bring it before God. Oh, God, please. You have no idea what's going on in these kids' lives. We had a boy, Brother Zach mentioned, that couldn't go. He's been, he, they've been coming to church for, for years. And, and, and the dad who's been here before, he got wind of something, of a misquote of one of our Sunday school teachers. And he just, he just went off and said, you're not going to our church anymore. At the, the son was not only ready to go to youth conference, he was, I mean, he was about ready to go to Bible college. Dad said no more, based on a misquote of a Sunday school teacher. Satan's working. And if you think of the things that the teenagers just testified to a minute ago, and the great spirit that every single one of them, by the way, moms and dads, every single one of you can be proud of your, 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 your kid and how they behave, behaved on this trip. I don't just mean they didn't do bad. I mean, they were awesome cubed. 
their spirit, their participation, flexibility. Awesome. There's not a kid over here that didn't make trips to the altar during. Now, that, that, you say, that's not a big deal. Okay, but when you sit in that crowd, you look around, you see people that are too cool to do anything. And they're there. You know, not every kid that takes this trip is, is, is got a heart for God. We got, we got two guys that I know of that took this trip 12 years ago. We're sitting in prison right now. And that's not a joke. It breaks my heart. But not everybody goes on. But, and you're sitting there looking. There were, there were some kids over here. I was ready to make a trip over there. And then they shut up. But just started making wisecracks and everything that was going on. The pl- I tell you why they shut up because Mr. Nice Guy, John Wilkerson, got up and blew them out of the water. I was like, yeah, get them. But there wasn't a punk in our group. Not a one. Not, not anybody close to being a punk. You think Satan's not attacking them, going to attack them? They need your prayer. They need us to give. We're going to take a special offering in a minute, and I I told you last week what the special offering was for. And we were going to do it anyway, but, boy, it so fits into what we're doing this morning. And I I hope some of you came ready to sacrifice. We are going to go a little late. We already have. Sorry. But I'm going to do my best to keep it as brief as we can here, to be almost done here.